Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and I'm here with my mum, Lenny. You're beautiful. Lenny, you're beautiful. That's what you are. Is that how it goes? No. Okay. Can <laughs> um, you sing it better? Probably not. Okay. Um, we had this gentleman, this uh, crooning... Uh, crooning soldier. Crooning soldier over to mum's. To eat eggs, Arnold Bennett. Because we thought it was a bit posh, didn't we? Yeah, we we thought it was posh. And fit for a crooning soldier. Yeah. So um, here is James Blunt at Mum's back in September. We hope you enjoy. You're beautiful. Blunt, thank you so much for coming to Clapham. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, such a pleasure. Um, and you were doing TV last night. I was doing um, pretty uh, simple television <laughs> called Celebrity Juice, a highbrow <laughs> piece about the yeah the in depth reasons why one writes songs. <laughs> and, and what did you have to? do on that? The last thing I had to do, which is the reason I'm glad to be here to talk about food, is I had to drink a dirty pint. What does that entail? Well, some beer, a minimal amount of beer, some cornflakes um, in it, uh, the, the, the pickle Ugh. that pickles the eggs in, in the pickled egg, oh you know, that, that liquid, I suppose some kind of clotted cheese. Oh some my God. Kind, that, some kind of tie. Why did you have to? Did you lose a question? Or no, something? I think it was just showing that I had any form of talent. Um, was to be able to drink this where, you know, in the, I've been hunting for a talent most of my life and think I've now found it because I did drink the date pint um but but it may have consequences this morning oh my god I'm so the lavatory is just around the outside thank you so much (laughs) it's strange in this day and age it's amazing it's allowed to go ahead so who was on the who else was on it? it is a great fun team of people um the team captains are Mel B and Holly Willoughby. All oh, right, and yeah, and it was a fun night. But now you like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been on three times, so I must be. Oh, a okay, for oh, fair enough. But I just think what it demonstrates is that you know I'm desperate to sell records, and I'll do anything <laughs> in the process. And <laughs> um, speaking of records, you've got a new record out. Yeah, I have. 
How's it feeling? How many records is this now? This is my sixth album. Fucking shit. That's a lot. Do you have a big break in between? Um, no, I normally finish a tour. My tour's are 18 months. And then, then I normally just jump back in a studio pretty much straight away. So the last fin- tour finished in September 18, October 2018. I was back in the studio and I've been writing and recording since then. Do you like touring? I love touring. Um, it has its <laughs> consequences. Um, you know, this having yeah, started out my sixth world tour, I will start in February. And I do now have a little family um, and wife. You've met my wife. Um, mm, and I leave wonderful. them behind. And my last tour was 18 months long, as I say. And if I've told you that I've got little children, that means I really haven't been around. And I then leave those people at home to deal with that. And that's quite a big ask. While I go swanning around the world singing songs, yeah. it has huge consequences, which a lot of my album is about that, really. Really? Not just, not in the, just not in about, you know, small little children. But, you know, I sing a song called Cold. It's my single at yeah. the moment. And it's about the ocean between us. And it means, you know, um, obviously in a physical sense, but in a metaphorical sense of, of the difficulties that being away from someone creates on a relationship um, and, and the struggles and strains. But yeah. you do get to sleep. And that's why I do. <laughs> that must be yeah. the reason. Um, some, some say I've timed it rather well. <laughs> yeah. Where's your favourite country? That you've toured in the favorite place I've ever played. I mean, first of all, anyone with Latin blood is amazing. You know, for anyone in, in, from Italy to South, South America? America. Fortunately, I've, I get to tour there each time. Oh and my it's God, that's amazing. a dream! You know, so Rio de Janeiro, Buenos Aires. <sighs> these places are so much fun, just because the audiences are incredible. But the best place I've ever played is Beirut. Um, really? in Lebanon just because it is such a healthy mix in this day and age when everyone is polarised mm. and of course that's a troubled part of the world but it is a really healthy mix of Muslim, Christian and Jew mm. fantastic architecture where Arab and uh, European worlds meet on the Mediterranean um, and they also the, the scars of war there you can see on the sides of these hotels the shrapnel yeah. um, scars from the, the bombs that have gone off and so you're always aware that the bomb might go off tomorrow so these people are alive for today and and I suppose because they're a mix as well, like all dogs. They're very sophisticated. They're, well, they're, they're yeah. very beautiful people as well. Mm. You know, beautiful lookout, male and female, and, and beautiful in their spirit. So for me, it's just the most amazing place. Well, it's also quite sophisticated. The food is amazing. The food is incredible. And the wine, patoos. Yeah, totally. Oh, I've never had patoos. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. Where, where's your best um, favourite spot for food in touring? Um, for touring, I mean, I just eat anywhere. Actually, I'm kind really? of, you know, because I'm, I'm not too picky with it with food or, or that sophisticated. Yeah, I'm sure he's a foodie. Um, but. So I'll just eat anything in anywhere. You know, okay. dirty pint included. Yeah, exactly. Okay, my best place to tour: California, In and Out Burger. That's just um, fantastic. <laughs> or um, or anywhere in Buffalo where you can get buffalo wings, oh, okay. spicy buffalo wings. That'll yeah, that would be my go to so yeah I mean oh should have done I've done wings we've done eggs Arnold Bennett for you which we've never actually done before eggs Arnold Bennett I don't know I've never heard of that well you can get it in in swanky restaurants but it's basically a kind of omelette with smoked fish in it Okay, great. You're it's not allergic of, to smoked fish or anything. No, I'll, I'll try anything. Otherwise, it's kind of like an eggs it's Benedict. Like a, but eggs it's Benedict, more, but with a bit of Welsh rabbit in there too. It's kind yeah. of like, it's like, it's, we it's quite kind of opulent. I don't know, it feels quite like indulgent. Yeah, it's got it's, cream in it. Cream, this is a high-end omelette. No, yeah, yeah I felt like you were a high-end guest. Yeah, so we felt like, why not? And then I thought, I don't know, mum may be like, you're not allowed to do that, but there's this sandwich shop in King's Cross that... A friends of mine and it's called Sons and Daughters and 
they do apparently this really good chip butty where they put truffle like chips in um well crisps truffle crisps are the best well, thing I've in the world i've got some so i thought you know yeah. we could have some cr- truffle yeah. crisps yeah i on mean the my side. children only eat truffle crisps <laughs> <laughs> well, on, they make they, them cuz i live Spanish, uh, yeah right? cuz i live in Ibiza yeah we have these amazing salt flats called the salinas where they obviously you know um, have these shallow lakes so that the sea can dry out from the That's sun nice. and take mm. the salt from it and they've just discovered hey look you know rather than just selling salt let's sell other things including crisps with so are they the ones flavored. that Torres are they the Torres ones I don't think they are oh right they Sally do their own ones James can I ask you you look incredibly young like about 18 you're very you're so sweet thank you don't I you think Jesse have I a lot of work maybe he's on. had filler I have I a lot of work, work done a lot of work I do a... little and often is, is my motto <laughs> yeah. when it comes to you absolutely to look about 18 thank you well I'm thoroughly immature as well how long were you in the army for? I was in the army for six years. Um, and it was an amazing experience because I came out of university where you're pretty lazy out of university. And, you where know, did you go to uni? Down in Bristol. Okay. Um, and yeah, you know, God, I just had a blast uh, at university for however many years. And then the army kind of gets you back into being a normal human being who's kind of motivated to do stuff. And I think without that, I probably wouldn't be able to do my job as a musician because it kind of just, you know, gets your workload and work level yeah. up. But did you, because you were studying, what, what were you studying? Is it? I did aerospace manufacturing engineering, which I couldn't spell, <laughs> and uh, sociology, which which was far easier as a combo. Um, which and, hall were you in? Um, I wasn't actually, I just stri- went straight into a flat. There were three boys oh. in a tiny little L-shaped flat. It was had one bedroom and a sitting room, and so two boys were in this L-shaped room. Um, with a mirror in the corner, so you couldn't ever even get anyone round in your bed because you know, no? then you're just too close. You could see everything that anyone was doing in, in your room. There was no privacy. It was a... And talking of food there, actually, because yeah. of my sociology part of my course, on, this, uh, on the engineering side, there were 170 men and only, only three girls. Um, and, uh, and then on the uh, sociology side of things, there were 170 girls and only three boys, of which all the girls were vegetarians or vegans. And so at a principle, I decided I would become a carnival. I just lived on mince, some chicken, um, maybe with some mayonnaise, a little bit of, uh, you know, and, and it took me about eight, six to eight weeks to get very, very unhealthy, see a doctor who then said, I think you've got the symptoms of scurvy. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, anyway, then you said you're, you're really lacking in vitamin C. So then I took it upon myself to just drink a litre of orange, orange juice, juice every night. And then I immediately developed acid reflux. So, <laughs> so as you can see, yeah, food's not necessarily my forte. <laughs> do, in, when you're in the army, do you think they'll ca- they cater for vegans and vegetarians and people like, or do they say you've got to eat what's put down for you? Um, it's been a long time. I'm sure we did, probably. Uh, you know, we have army ration packs. Um, what were uh, in the army ration packs? And as far as I can remember, it was baked beans, baked beans with sausages, with some corned beef. What, like the sausages in the baked beans? Those, I like, the, the combo They're really packs. good. Those yeah, great. Oh. Totally. Um, if you're into school food, army yeah. rations are amazing. And then what we also had is we would always compare our rations against another army's rations. So I was working in, in Kosovo. I was working up on the, on the border of Macedonia, Kosovo. It was doing the air campaign, the bombing campaign. I was a reconnaissance officer, so I'm, I'm small. I creep around in bushes, try and find the enemy positions. In camouflage? Yeah, exactly. Wow. 
Um, and, and during that time, I had to work with the Italians, and the Italians just had such better oh, ration I packs. I what they, did they have? Well, like they, pepperoni? They had obviously <laughs> incredible uh, incredible coffee, and they had all the gear. So we'd stop, they'd make these coffees. Well, they'd have be, like a little espresso maker with them. Yeah, oh totally. my God. Amazing. While we were there with our, you know, English tea, and then they would, they would have a little shot of grappa. Because you can't get drunk on one shot of grappa a day, so they got a shot of grappa every day, which they didn't drink. They just saved it till the weekend or when you know till the seventh day, and then <laughs> drank amazing. that and all got really drunk. So yeah, was, and we'd you know we'd always try and take their rations off them, and they would never take ours back in return. <laughs> so you had to work with an Italian army. Did they all speak English, or did you speak Italian? Not at all. It was very uh, it was very frightening actually because we're in a war zone. Um, it, because it's their area politically they're in charge of I would have to follow them I'd show them on their maps the maps that they were using were World War II maps we both had these World War II maps but I'd bought myself a GPS the very first Garmin GPS that I could find so I knew where we were and they were in one well, like you a, had like a sat nav with you like, yeah. Tommy, what's it? Garmin, the flat like a Tom Tom, but uh, yeah, like a Tom Tom, but one of the very, very first ones. Um, this is how big was it? So it didn't have like what's his face and um, Fawlty Towers' voice on it, like John Cleese. John Cleese, yeah. no voices because we're not on roads as well. You're just uh, you know just on hills and and dales. And so yeah, they were in what looked like an armored transit van, Ford transit van. I'm in a, a really old, tiny little tank, following them. And if someone jumped out of the bushes to the left. And, you know, we'd identify it with me and my gunner. And I'd say over the radio, uh, regarde, à gauche, les Serbes, in my GCSE French. And the Italian would go, uh, quoi? In his <laughs> whatever, equivalent uh, of French as well. And then I would say to my driver, let's just, you know, just start waving and get the hell out of Dodge. Um, because, yeah, we were, it, was, it was all pretty basic stuff. Did you have, like, some... Yeah, um, serious. Kind yeah, of- totally. I mean, it was a it was a, an ugly uh, place to be because there were two peoples who were just simply murdering each other. It was in a place where armies were then murdering civilians, um, and so and really showing human beings at their worst. And I really feel it's relevant to what goes on today, to the way we are polarizing um, our politics and mm. our and our identity politics is a terrible thing. To say that you have to identify whatever your race might be, um, your religion might be, when we you know. We, we we pit people against each other, and and particularly now, left versus right, means that we get to such an extremes that we start fighting, and we can't understand. And if you can't understand how someone's got to their position, then you must either they're mad or or you're an idiot for not being able to understand it. And most people have come to a place of because you know for a logical reason, but we're just pushed into these extremes. Um, and humans were so ugly to each other in Kosovo, so violent oh and imaginative with the way they killed each other. Um, that it was a, a really, it was a really sad moment of realization for me that humans are are very, very easily malleable, very mean, very unkind. And you know what? In the identity politics of today, we talk about left and right, and I'm not. I'm in the middle. Mm. And most people, presumably, we're somewhere in the middle. Surely we can be well, moderate. I think there's a lot of people moving to the centre now. You one would hope so, because the notion of you have to be labelled: are you left or are you right? Are you, you know, the terms of are you uh, uh, remain or, or or leave? All these things, you know, stuff it. We shouldn't, you know, these these labels that we have to then be, and that's all we can believe, and we can't respect the other person. That's the fundamental thing, uh, the fundamental sadness that you can't respect someone else's a viewpoint and opinion and discuss it normally is what's saddest. Your dad was a soldier, so you're yeah. born into the army way of life. Yeah, totally. He was an army helicopter pilot. Yeah, was he disappointed when you left and became a singer? No, uh, I think he was nervous for me. 
Um, because it is difficult in the music business to be commercially mm. successful, yeah. isn't You've it? You've done all right. Um, and <laughs> but I did tell him at the time, I said, you know, thanks for the advice. Definitely, you know, I've got that my career in the army and I really enjoy aspects of it. But I have this dream to be a musician, to get to old age and not have followed that dream in any way mm. would be a terrible waste of my, one's own life. And I've told everyone so much. They were telling me, come on, I need to get, and get a move on with it. Um, but also success, I told him, should really be measured not by fame and fortune, by, but by happiness. If you're happy being, being a musician, you know, for however many years you are doing that, then that's the success does we should it, say. We does should. it still make you happy then? Yeah, very much. Have you, you ever I, had any times that you've just been like, fuck this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are huge, as you know, there are huge ups and downs that oh, come yeah. with it. Um, I put out my first album and, and it blew up around the world. And then with that, you suddenly, the real world, everyone is incredibly positive with. You go to you know, your own concerts and people turn up in the queue mm. and they sing songs with you mm. and, and it's amazing. And then on the other hand, you have to deal with the online world, which seems to be always negative. And people... And, uh, Although it's not real, that's what you're asked about. If you're asked an interview by yeah. a journalist, it's only about the online world and the negativity that might be um, directed towards you. But I feel, I mean, how long ago was it that your first record, um, first record, is back 2006, to 2006, I guess, yeah. So was it Twitter even happening then? No, that wasn't. So Twitter was good for me. That was, a, that was my first time I had my own voice other than singing my songs. Right, yeah. Twitter you've you kind of used as a, a weapon of like being able to defend yourself and, and but also everyone to kind of see another side of you. Yeah, totally. It's just a voice where yeah. I didn't have that voice before. I just put out these, in some ways, quite earnest, mm. serious songs mm. um, about what was going on in my mind. Um, and, and I never really... If I made a joke in an interview, it was never... A, reported as a joke um and so it was always a bit serious oh, and you thought God, Hang yeah. on, that was you're supposed to put ha ha afterwards <laughs> um and so twitter just gave me an outlet to not be marketed but or people seen have as been way. mean to you well if you put and music your mum is a bit like me i think she stood up and protected yeah. but you but do you know if you put music out some people are going to like it yeah. and some people aren't and what's weird is that even if five ten or twenty thousand people will come to a concert of mine in in in, in, a, in an evening um, it's still in human nature to focus in on the one negative comment. And a journalist will ask me, oh, I read this negative comment about you. And you go, hang on, aren't you going to mention the 20,000? Um, but he's not the only person, because I do it too. And I focus in on that negative. And so Twitter is, is me really not just taking the piss out of someone else who's, you know, who's made those negative comments, but laughing at myself or even taking yeah. them seriously. I mean, you've used it as like it's made everyone realise how hysterical you are and what a brilliant sense of humor you have but like is it that you because like I, I mean you take the piss out of yourself like amazingly but is it that thing of you're like right i'm gonna google i'm gonna search uh, james blunt on um twitter today and see what's coming out of the trolls yeah um <laughs> i think about, about well, i only go on about once a month okay um and if you look how many times i post it's about once a month I think, oh, you know, I know the label will want me to, you know, keep myself in there. Because it's now become a bit of a kind of... Some way, so I'll go on, have a little look through, see a nasty comment, write a stupid reply, and then I'll go back they're to the real... They're not stupid, they're brilliant. And, well, then I'll just go back to the real world, and the real world is just full of generally nice, quite nice people. Even if someone didn't like my music and I bumped into them in the street, they're unlikely to say anything negative. They like to say, hey, all right, mate, how are you doing? And that's that. <laughs> While mum uh, attempts uh, Felicity Cloak's Arnold Bennett, I'm going to ask you about food. Okay. 
Well, although my, my food knowledge is low, mm. I have definitely got much more into it recently. I'm building a menu because I've just bought a pub in Chelsea um, off the Fulham Road. Oh, wow, amazing. Yeah. And what, and it's going to serve food, um, gastro pub? It is. We're open. We've been up and running just um, over a year now. It took about 18 months to renovate. It's a 170-year-old pub. Uh, I mean, incredibly small, very sweet, wood-panelled, um, filthy when we bought it. Mm. Um, I mean, properly filthy with grease flowing off the, de- off the kitchen um, upstairs and dust uh, uh, and yeah it's just astounding but anyway we spent a year and a half sanding it down varnishing it digging underneath putting in a beautiful kitchen getting in a gordon ramsay trained chef oh yeah yeah um and making this place absolutely stunning and and i now obviously i'm quite heavily involved with the menu my wife is uh is a, is a glutard um in that she can't eat gluten oh. um and so the menu is is orientated uh, at, at so it's for her. celiac friendly okay celiac friendly exactly Sustainable um, with with, uh, with not only the fish but the meat that we um, might have seasonal, so that we're um, sourcing locally, and then we try and send some profits off to um, the Blue Marine Foundation, who are, who are um, about uh, marine conservation. Um, oh, wow! And so, so that's our kind of that's the that's the aim, and we're up and running for a year. Um, what's the name of it? The Fox and Pheasant. And what's your favourite dish on the Fox and Pheasant menu? I'm a sucker for the pie. It changes every Which three pie? months. Which pie? What is it, it like? Can, a... Literally, can all change every okay. three months. It could be in every single time. It's amazing. Our souffles are incredible. Again, I'm not something I'd ever imagine wanting to have a souffle for a pudding, but it's just off the chart. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, so it's really it's really high end pub food. It's pub grub, but yeah. high end. Yeah. So that you're not just getting blokes going in there um, wanting stodge, but uh, but but you'll get people who look after themselves a bit better, which normally means girls too. And how has that felt like? Because I mean, doing the podcast for me has been really lovely to be able to kind of enjoy to be with you um mum um no to kind of enjoy music in a different way so I guess you know starting a business that's a pub is yeah. very different to making music you're totally right it just gives us something else yeah. uh, uh, on our minds doesn't it that's this you know as a, as a job that then makes music back into the passion that perhaps it's, yeah. it was to begin with so like what who approached you with this dirty pub and decided that in what how did you decide that you wanted to kind of are you a big pub person um well i'm a big alcohol person <laughs> uh, although i live in ibiza i have had a small house in london for my for my sister to live in where i've kept my clothes um and it's in chelsea and mm. this pub then was our was the local for, oh. for you know our local for 14 years and we called it the Fox and Unpleasant because it was so dirty um, and so miserable and empty. But we sat in there looking around thinking, what would you do if you could to this place to make it amazing? Because it's potentially incredible. Mm-hmm. And so we always discussed what we would do, um, what one should do. And, but it would never come up for sale. It was for, uh, so owned, by, owned by Green King. Anyway, one day on a night out, drunk, this estate agent who was at the table said, yeah, I'm selling this pub called the Fox and Pheasant. And I said, you know what? I'll take it. He it was already being bid on for, by people who wanted to turn it into flats. Oh, no. And I said, absolutely, I'm in on that. And I, mine was a lower bid than the other people's. But, they want to but Green King said, you know what, we'll sell it to you on the basis that you'll keep it a pub. Because if you get it wrong, if you cock it up, they can still buy it back. You know, yeah. then they're in the business of pubs. And yeah, and that was that. And it's going strong. It's going well. And the moment is a, a proper up and running business and, and great fun to be part of. If is- I'm on a night out with friends and they say, hey, where should we go? I can say... I own a pub. I oh, know, that is really cool. So how do you think, like, you live in Ibiza majority of the time. The food in Ibiza? Yeah, it's a Mediterranean it, diet, you know. It's good? It's, 
I think they tell us it's really good for us, don't they? Yeah, but like, do you like the food? Like, I mean, is it an kind Ibiza of... diet? Yeah. yeah, the Ibiza diet just means eating once once a day. <laughs> 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 yeah, right. Well, I mean, like, yeah. So, I mean, the Mediterranean diet. Like, how how do you start your day there? So, eleven a.m. Time for bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it's a place where I have a tiny little boat, uh, which we jump on and you know go for picnics around oh, the different nice. bays, rather than be on a beach. Um, so try and do that, you know, every day or or some days. Um, and you know, and otherwise, it's got fantastic uh, mountains to go and walk in. It's got incredible beaches, um, and the people are really nice there. Yeah. You can be anything and anyone. I live up in the hills, surrounded by the forest. Um, and it's and it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And then, of course, the action is not too far away. Do you still go clubbing? I do. Um, I have a little family, so it's harder. I uh, have built a little nightclub at the end of my garden. Shut up. Really, so that, so that you know, if I've been out to a nightclub, then it's always good for an after party back <gasps> of mine, and it means that my own bed is only 30 metres away. Oh, my away. God, that's the dream. Yeah, so I have a, it has a neon sign my band gave me saying, Blunty's Nightclub, where everybody's beautiful. <laughs> And what kind of music gets played there? Only my, no, definitely not mine. <laughs> uh, you know, whoever's, I don't know. Whoever's is, it iPad, is it iPods, iPod playlists? No, we, we know we have, people come in and play. And oh, really? Mates, mates do, and you just give someone the decks and let them go. Have you ever had it. DJ Harvey? I don't think so. You no. should get DJ Harvey round. Right, actually. He does the, the Pikes party, he's okay, the best. Really? Oh my God, he's amazing. Yeah. When I've been to Ibiza, the food is pretty good they're amazing places macau is fantastic totally yeah. there's one called uh la plaza la, Pla- la plaza in the corner um and it's really yeah um there's some other incredible ones utopia up uh, in san miguel it's do you just, go to the fish shack the fish shack is fantastic that's isn't it so good they were so nice once we forgot all our money and they kind of i thought oh well, they, i was like i'll do the dishes and they were like just come back tomorrow i was like Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, cool. I will. Did you? Fine. Yeah, I did, Great. actually. <laughs> I did, I did. Um, would you live anywhere else now? Do you think you're, like, you're quite settled in Ibiza? I love Ibiza. Obviously, you get I, to travel, though, don't you? So. Yeah, and uh, and so I do have you know a, a base in London, so that while I'm, if I'm travelling, then at least my family can be based here. Um, we do also have a place in Verbier in Switzerland, because I love skiing. I okay. always love skiing. And I always joked, if I, I said, when I hit it big in music, I'll live in Ibiza in the summer and Verbier in the winter. Darling. And so I, I've got, done it. got a little place there. And they, um, very sweetly along the way, they let me name a chairlift after myself. And, and so I had to go in and cut a ribbon, smash a bottle of champagne on the first pillar um, and say, I name this chairlift, James Blunt. God bless her and all who ride me. And, uh, <laughs> and at the very top of this chairlift is a restaurant, which I've just um, bought with, with Lawrence Delalio, the rugby player, the rugby captain, um, and Carl Fogarty, the motorcycle world champion. And so the three of us have a restaurant there. That was like, my first venture before the pub. And, and um, what does that serve? And that serves a qu- pretty basic food because we're not going to be able to compete with the Swiss restaurants, which are right. serving, you know, their incredible cheese, raclette, fondues, yeah. all of that. They're, they're all over the mountain. So we do... Um, really good Italian pizzas, pastas, burgers, soups, and salads. The we stuff have, you want when you just Delalio, ski down a hill. Yeah, there's a Delalio pizza, which is really an American hot. Yeah, there's a Fogarty pizza and a Blunt pizza. Mine's like a um, a Diavolo, really. I'm um, close to American hot, but better. Um, um, and then and then the Fogarty pizza 
He said he wanted ham, speck ham, parma ham, spicy ham, every kind of ham. It made no sense. Meat feast. A meat feast, but just all odd different hams that don't really go together. So without telling him, I changed his on the menu. So it was rocket, parma ham, and what else can I think of? Rocket, parma ham, and parmesan. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Shavings of parmesan. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he arrived, Was saw he the menu change, and said, well, the man's turned into a fucking salad. <laughs> Was really, really upset. But we compete as to who sells the most pizzas each year. Who's so, winning? And, and, I'm, and the blunt pizza sells the most at this stage, but I do only let my mates eat that when we go. <laughs> That's it. You are having my, that pizza, whether you like it or not. But how does it work? Because obviously you are a solo artist, and now you've gone into business with three... Well, two other people. Is it not like being in a band where you're just like, you have to kind of, because I know that working with my mum now, it's like, we have to make joint decisions. And usually I have executive decision over everything. Yeah. And now I'm maybe going to have to have leopard print in the bloody cookbook because of my mum. Yeah. I'm, uh, I definitely understand what you mean. I think we're. You just do what you fucking like. Yeah, you know, they're, they're not as involved. And we, we do have, there's a guy out in uh, Switzerland who is like a, a silent partner and actually he's our, pro- and he's our problem rather than the other two. Oh, really? Um, and which is why I really enjoyed stepping into doing the pub here in London because it was just me and, and yeah. I then that wasn't as complicated. You take the risk, much bigger risk, obviously, but, but, you, but you live your risk because you make the choices. What's the, um, what's the restaurant called in Barbier? Lavache. Lavache. Lavache, the cow. Lavache, the cow. Because they have local cows there, fighting okay. cows. With, in, in the summer, you can hear them all going around with bells on, and it's their kind of the local thing. What's your après ski drink? Um, I would probably say a Jaeger bomb. Oh, God. Are you 15? <laughs> Jesus. Are you shitting me? No. Why? Tell me why. Well, it just seems to be really efficient. What, to like get you drunk? Yeah. Quickly? Yeah. And medicinal kind of... Exactly. Yeah, might as well get it all over with. <laughs> How many Jaeger bombs will you do? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm unable to count after, <laughs> what, five of them. You're gone, aren't you? Oh, wow, Mum. That looks really nice. Oh, it's hot. Um, oh, that's proper, Mum. If you want to go into business with a Jewish mother, you this know... This is fantastic. You can have uh, Arnold Bennett's. Um, right, should I get some water press out, Mum? Yeah. 
um, yeah, my mum, my dad was in the army. He travelled around a lot. We were based in Cyprus, Hong Kong, Germany, um, and as far abroad as Yorkshire. And my mum uh, cooked for us. And yeah, I'm going to think at the time, I always do take the mickey out of her cooking because um, I'm mean like that. And I've, I tell her that I only remember her ever cooking liver for <laughs> us. And I guess because also when you're in the army, you're not being paid that much. And you're living on these kind of army patches. I'm a pad brat. So you're living on these um, things and then living and then the kitchen is pretty simple. And so I just remember liver. But I know she promises me it wasn't like that. What, how did she make it? Like, what would she serve it with? Potato? I think it's just some kind of creamy sauce, as far as I remember. Creamy it's quite a long sauce. time ago, because I also, um, I left home pretty young. Um, I went to, they, they, because my father, because as a family, they were traveling around and did based overseas. School? So I went to boarding school from seven. So my <gasps> real memory of food as a child is school food, which, as I was, as I was saying, is probably why I'm very happy with army rations and plain food, um, is it's all... Did you miss your mum and dad? Well, you get over that really quickly. Do you? I mean, I was dropped off at school. They had given me a, a game and boy, Donkey Kong. You know, Nintendo. Love that. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong 2, I think I had, which I still have. And they, um, they dropped me off at the school. I was playing, they said goodbye. I waved goodbye. And after three days, I turned around to this, you know, the, the house matron and said, excuse me, when are my parents coming back? And she said, uh, at Christmas time. And, you know, that was the beginning of September. And, yeah, and then that's, that's a moment of shock. And then you realise, okay, this is the way life is. Oh, mate. At seven. At seven. So, yeah, that carried on. School carried on until, what, 19, then university, then army after that. And then it was only after, really after the army, when I got into music, when the world get, get, turns weird, when you go into music and you suddenly become in any way recognisable, people treat you differently in a way that was unexpected. Only then have I really reconnected with home and family because I've really needed... That stability. Do you think you'll send your children to boarding school? Um, I don't know. It's a tricky one. I'll see. No. Let's see when we get there. I mean, they're trying to make make sure that their first words are boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. So, what's on your rider? Corona, uh, Heineken, vodka, mixers, drink, drink, um, and absolutely no food. <laughs> Because otherwise we're sitting around there. You, you're own. not even joking. No, I'm not. Oh my Because otherwise, you know, keyboard players, they're likely to just start scoffing on it, putting it in their pockets, putting it in their bunks and putting on too much weight. And you know, it's all about appearance much more than how it, how it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so is it more about the smell that you just don't want, like the, the stench of fucking dressing rooms with food is we just really don't you just don't eat don't really eat in a, you know you know there might be some catering obviously but oh we, okay you all have catering we'll right have, yeah we're catering but i don't think we have too much in the way of food on a rider and do you drink before a show definitely not no um because i think it's well you i don't know how, how you do it i think i really want to be able to communicate you're communicating a human emotion to people or telling them on a taking them on an emotional yeah journey and i think you should be sober to do that i we drink immediately afterwards uh we ask every guest what would be your last supper i mean embarrassingly i've already mentioned it which is it really would be uh hot wings from the hot wings cafe on a melrose um as a starter oh uh, my god i've been oh. to that place the hot wings cafe yeah um awesome isn't it it is and uh and it's huge the yeah. pla- yes uh and then an in and out burger um, would be my main course with chocolate milkshake. That's probably enough for pudding, isn't it? No, come on, push it. 
My mother's cheesecake. There you go. Yeah. What is it? It's a uh, digestive biscuits with butter. She uses Philadelphia um, and <laughs> lemons. And I guess, you know, that's pretty much it. And it's That sounds really nailed. good. Yeah. And what would you be your drink? Oh, the milkshake? Or would you have an alcoholic drink? Ooh, do I can I mean, yeah. let's stick with one or can I have multiple have drinks? Two. You're dying, it's fine. You're not dying. No, okay, well, you're going to be stranded. I'm going to be dying. You're yeah. going to be stranded. Okay. okay, it's either stranded or, yeah. What the Coca Coca Cola? What? Really? Yeah. James Martin, you're disappointing me. You have a fucking oh. club at the end of your bloody garden yeah, but... and you're choosing a milkshake and Coca Cola as your final drink. Okay, fine. <laughs> you're not going to have an alcoholic drink. Yes, okay, we'll have an alcoholic drink. I thought I just pushed you into that, though. No, I mean, I would, but I would just, as a thing right then and there, I'd like the Coca-Cola just to enjoy everything else that was going with it. But yeah, okay, I just feel I need more than one drink. That's, That's the way I've always felt in my blood. <laughs> Great, I'm going to start with the Bloody Mary, I'm going to have a Corona after that. Yes. I'm going to have um, some decent red after that, um, a Margot, and then I'll go on to a vodka tonic. Please. Tonic. That's what I want. Yes. Great. great. Thank you, James Bond. <laughs> and then I want Vodka. whiskey in my eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your guilty pleasure meal? With a hangover, I would normally eat Domino's pizza in bed. Which one would it be? Um, I, uh, onions, sweet corn and pepperoni. Uh, I order the spicy chicken wings that they do on the side now, which are amazing. And I order two cans of Coke because it makes me look like I'm not just alone. <laughs> I you bet your do- wife doesn't eat it. Well, she's a glutard, so she can't. A glutard. Oh, she can't eat gluten, so that's, Poor yeah. thing. She's celiacs. Exactly, she is. Yeah. Which, yeah. Not faddy, she just no, really no, she's does. No, no, she's yeah. yeah, if we have an argument and, and we and we have a row, I, I, I can sprinkle breadcrumbs in her food and she's out for 24 <laughs> hours, you oh, know. poor thing. Where did um, you meet her? She was a groupie. Really? Oh, okay. You're... <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Where did you meet? You're Do you know, weirdly, that's entirely not true. I'm very much lying. And if I said that uh, and my wife heard... You were she, her I'd groupie. Be, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be in serious Thrown trouble. out. Um, uh, three of my bandmates have married people from the audience. You're Shut joking. Up. Yeah. Amazing. Isn't that's that incredible? Amazing. And which countries are they from? Two from uh, Perth, Australia, but are different on different tours. And one... Winter Sun, clever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and one from Copenhagen. And the girl also from, clever. Yeah, and the excellent girl, food, beautiful the, people. The girl from Copenhagen came to this uh, night, thought she was being brought along uh, by friends to a James Bond premiere. Obviously, was devastated when she saw the sign saying James Blunt concert. Thought, oh, stuff that, but was dragged in anyway. And we saw her in the audience, a flower in her hair, looked amazing. And uh, one of us wandered over and said, you know, you wouldn't want to come and meet the band afterwards just because otherwise we have to talk to each other. Um, and uh, she came backstage, met the bass player, and the rest is history. How, How sweet. That? that was probably about uh, eight, nine years ago, I suppose. That is, I mean, that's very charming. Um, and, you know, and this person uh, is a really, you know, obviously being Danish, really, really beautiful person, but beautiful inside out, really, really nice and So whenever I was single, were you li- I mean, that's what my band do. They'd be like, oh my God, that girl on the front row. Like, the, 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 Would they? Oh my God. They'd all discuss it being like, yeah, she was looking at you, bro. I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, I mean, we've always then, uh, uh, because we're, on these 18 month tours um we've always then asked people if they want to come back and uh, and talk and have a drink with us because if they don't we're just literally going to be talking to each other about guitar chords and boring each other senseless um so whoever is around um and looks like they're you know hanging around and once and when and will be nice 
um, of what, you know, whatever sex uh, or age, um, it really hasn't mattered. Just say, you know, come on, come and have a drink. Have you ever had like really awkward moments backstage where you've ch- chosen the wrong people, you've invited the wrong crowd? Not really. Uh, normally, if someone come, will come, they might say, hey, I've got to go now because my mother's outside. Um, we'll say, hey, take me to your mother. Come and bring them in because, you know... We just otherwise, I say, would be very lonely human beings. We live on. A, I live on a tour bus for mm. extended periods of time, and uh, and yeah. Otherwise, you'd just be, be very lonely people, or at least you'd just be very boring people, um, talking obsessively do you, about music. Do you music. have any super fans that follow you from country to country? I have some very very loyal fans um, who, who yeah who have stuck with me for many many years through thick and thin, and forgive me my um, mistakes um, and, and constantly buy stuff, and I'm very grateful for them. And they're right. No, but the have you got room. any? You know, every okay. breath you um, take, that so, kind of thing. I mean, there are a couple of things along the way that are that show um, a great dedication, definitely. <laughs> You're being very Switzerland about this. Um, uh, I, I, I did find back in backstage in my dressing room a box, a flight case, like a pilot's flight case, and I opened the pilot's flight case, and in it was a wooden box um, with a perspex front, and in it you could see the contents of my life. And so there's a piano, a guitar, pictures of me as a child, my old hat from school, books uh, I'd said I'd uh, read, albums I said I'd listened to. Oh and, uh, and then every time I put out a new album in a little photograph uh, plastic container, you know, those things that fil- old film used mm. to come in, uh, cylindrical fil- film, um, that so. would arrive at management and in it would have the next album or things I might have said that I enjoy. So chicken no, wings, chicken not- wings arrive, but they're all, you know, miniaturized. Um, everything is just my life in the box, scaled down, and the only thing that's missing is me, and I do have nightmares that one day I will wake up. Shrunk shrunk in the box. In the box, and it's in the attic in the house. Um, Do you know the person that's sending it? I don't know, no. So they never write a letter, or...? Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, I just don't know the person... Got it. And I did, I, I did have a, another one who... They'll be listening to this. Uh, yeah, I feel nervous uh, I know. about saying uh, there's too much, but, there, but I did receive a 50-page document from someone who said I'd been stalking them all my life and how she was the woman on the underground, on the subway from the song You're Beautiful. Um, uh, and she was saying, it's me, New York, 1984. Um, you know, I'm the one. And, and I was saying, hang on, but you know, but I, <laughs> I wasn't I, I was in I wasn't, Yeah, I was <laughs> however old then, for the sake of this interview, I'll say I was five <laughs> then. Um, and, and yeah, she was getting really angry, saying, you know, you know, you've been to my house dozens of times. And that stage I was thinking... Have I? Maybe have I, I have. Have I, yeah. have I? Have I just not recognised you? And you're like a friend of my parents. Um, it was all really scary and very aggressive. This happened over a number of tours. So you know, this person has arrived and and been there in different venues over four separate world tours now. And you and you don't quite know uh, yeah. what line of thought they're going down because it's not making any sense. Do you think you've got good table manners? And I haven't finished yet, so I feel a bit sorry if I haven't placed my knife and fork in the Does right position. Matter. No, but you haven't, you haven't finished yet. No, I haven't. So you haven't. That's, that's correct how you've placed it. Um, thank you. I would hope. I would hope so. It's been very delicious. I today, think you're very so well managed. Um, what's your worst table manner in somebody else? I, um, other than today, where obviously we've been chatting away, but I do eat incredibly quickly. Me too. Um, and yeah, and I'm normally finished pretty early on. And I think that's really because of my time in the army. I'm just get it all down you so that you're ready for when the enemy come over the hill. <laughs> I bet people hate sharing with you then. I can't you share can't with anyone. Share I with cannot Jesse. share with anyone. No, yeah. it's a re- And so if I am told I have to share, then I very specifically have to cut it 
totally in half and make it very clear, not to them, but to myself, that that's the line that I must not go beyond. That's their food. Sometimes you can get away with pizza if it's like cut in like little slices. Yeah, because then you can be like, oh, what? An extra one, yeah. Yeah. Um, James, thank you so much for doing this when I know that you're promoting the record and it it's just a pleasure is probably to come. thank you so much for no, cooking me breakfast absolute pleasure um but thanks so much good luck with the record and um yeah pleasure having you great to be here jessica he looked very young very young i want to eat and Drink what he's drinking. Didn't give him any secrets away. No, I think he thought we were basically Jenny Murray and Jane Garvey. Do you think? I don't know. I think he felt like he was coming serious, into yeah. potentially a journalist war zone. Who knows? Okay. Excuse the pun. Um, anyway, thank you so much, James Blunt, for coming on. It was such a pleasure to hear about your pub. Yeah. And um, His tour. World tours all the time. Oh, my God, all the time. All the time. All the time. Um, but thanks so much. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.